podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 278, and I'm Trev Denny, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined by budding thespian Carl Kopak, the returning wonder that is Cam Branch and Guy Drinkle is producing quietly or semi-quietly in the background. We have the band back together, and I'm very excited it's our first AI proper of the season, as far as I'm concerned, with everybody here. It's traditional that I go to Carl first, but I'm going to book the trend because we've got Mr. Branch back with us. Cam, nice to have you back on board, brother. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Uh, we will say as little as possible about anything except to do with the football. Just say it's great to, great to have you back on board again, and I believe you have something to start with. I do. Um, normally I have some type of quote, but I thought I'd go with a, a little question for you both today. Um, it's a little sort of fun fact. Well, no, it's just a simple question, really. So here we go. It's um, There have been 21 World Cups with eight winners. Can you name the winners? Ooh. Yeah. This is, this is where your man comes into his own, isn't it? I know. Um, Uruguay have two. Um, Germany have what, how many of Germany, Carl? Four is it now? Argentina, two. Brazil, five. five. England, one. France, two. What are we up to now? Six. Spain. Yep, one. Last one. <sighs> Uh, is this going back the years? No, but it's the yeah. it's got the best celebration ever of a goal. Oh, it's Italy. Ah, go. it's Italy. Lovely, lovely, lovely. lovely. I, I I actually really enjoyed that because it was a question I could almost answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Says, says the quiz champion. Yeah. <laughs> Reigning quiz champion, Trev Downey. Um, yeah, yeah. Can we go into that a second? I've been playing from what. <laughs> Lots of old, I've been playing lots of old podcasts on my sort of daily run, walk, whatever. Yeah. And can we just change it to hardly ever quiz champion Trev Downey? Raining. Raining. Really? Raining. That's Carl Kalpak, who you can hear having a cry in the background. Hey, Carl, what's... Uh, this what's... cry's been going on for a while now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we'd actually been getting on swimmingly till you came back, Bridgie. <laughs> <laughs> Raining. I'm not sure quite. I'm not sure quite if there's. There seems to be a correlation, uh, Cam, between your return and us being at each other's <laughs> throats again about bragging rights. Anyway, Carl, what have you got to opening open the show? Um, um, I, I could say reigning European Cup winners Aston Villa. Well, let's just leave it there. Apparently, that's the logic we're going with now. <laughs> Fine. What it wants does not keep you reigning. I'm afraid. <clears throat> My quote, Mr. Downey. Dear reader, if you were to read this book again, you might discover when and where the hare lost the jewel. If you do, then go and find it and keep it for yourself. But remember, 
the best of men is only a best is only a man at best, and a hare, as everyone knows, is only a hare. <laughs> yes, no idea what that is. Alice in Wonderland. What is that? No, I mean they are going to know it. It's uh, it's the last line of the book Masquerade by Kit Williams, which, if you may remember, in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, oh, hang on, Trev. How old are you at the moment? I'm twenty-five. Oh, okay. In that case, a previous Trev would have got this reference. Then, not the one that's morphed into this. Whatever you are at the moment, um, Kit Williams is a man who wrote this uh, children's book, and he he basically made because he's an artist. He made a golden hair worth five thousand pounds, and he buried it somewhere in England. And the book has lots of patents in it, and there's a big central clue about where to find it. And it was found, but only two years later. And the person who found it did not solve the clue. They cheated. And only one person only ever worked out the centre riddle. And yesterday, I went to the very site where it was found because you can only see it on the equinox at noon. It's where the sun stands over Catherine's Cross in Ampt Hill. And it casts a shadow on the ground. And at the very top of the cross at noon on the, on the equinox is where the um, hair was buried, the golden hair. I love all that. It's very, um, it's very Newgrange, um, which yeah. is, which is, you know, one of my favorite things. And, you know, uh, I just, I, I love the fact that I live so close to that and to Tara and all those kind of things in from Irish, uh, Irish history and culture. But that's really interesting. So that, I mean, that's, it's very cool as well that he would have gone to that trouble. Um, so is this a thing that people do? I mean, I don't know if you're aware well, of no, this. It's, it's, it's thirty years. It's thirty years ago. So I went there yeah. with a mate and said, uh, "By the way, I'm the only person who's going to be here." Like you know, imagine. I I suppose a few years after this one, once people worked out what the clue was, it's a very very clever clue um, that people used to go on on the day the equinox and what have you. And I thought this is thirty years later, no one's going to go. And I was there at noon, and I was sitting with a friend of mine. I went for a run actually, good to park. And uh, I was sort of stretching, and this man walked up to me and said, only half an hour to go now. He knew exactly why I was there. And apparently I was an hour out because of GMT. I didn't know that. So huh. it's a good job, good job I waited. And I don't know if that man called Michael. I had a nice chat with him. He knew his stuff. I'll say that. Yeah, clearly. So there's, there's two of us there. So 30 years later, still two of us went with her. I I love it. I love it. And I've got a, I've got a, a simple question for both yourself and Karen. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Have either of you heard of geocaching? Yes. No. Uh, Cam, you haven't? No. So, Carl, you have. You know the, the idea behind this. I've never done it, but I know that I know what they are. Yeah, my, my kid got into it um, through uh, uh, someone they were with at the time, and it was just very interesting um, to see the level of nerdy excitement that so many people, it's a whole world that I was completely unaware of. Um, they go out and they basically are looking for, in the same vein as what you were doing, except yeah. it doesn't require nature's uh, interference. It requires uh, GPS. Um, so you go basically hunting little, effectively not treasure, but effectively you're hunting for little uh, hidden bits and bobs. 
they are actually a physical thing quite often um but you are you know following gps coordinates and stuff like that it's, i guess it's a nice excuse to get out for a it's, walk it's, it's collecting isn't it it's, it's walking and collecting things walking and collecting yeah exactly exactly but uh, it was a fascinating whole world that i'd never ever heard of before but i love the fact that the the daddy of it is uh, that type of thing there from from um, Kit Williams. That's the kind of thing that that uh, yeah, I love it. It's, it's just it's 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 smashing Sounds it. Like um, that Pokemon game. That was yes, yes, Cam. That's ex- that's exactly based on the same same, same principle. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah, exactly the same thing. And I know you had a go at me earlier on, but I could go down a very interesting uh, rabbit hole about uh, oh, the yeah. origin origins of that and where that came from and the reasons behind it but i won't because i'm going to be sound and leave you alone um i had a little clip that i wanted to play and the reason i wanted to play is i don't know if uh, listeners are aware of basically uh, i probably have said on the show before but what i do for a living is i'm a teacher secondary school teacher so i am back in school in uh, the midst of the rona and it's a wonderful and yet horrible, horrible thing to be doing. It's great that we're back doing it. I'm, I'm happy. And I was hoping that teachers would be um, named as essential uh, personnel and that we could just get on with it and see how it went. But it does really have the feeling of a horrible experiment, um, to be perfectly honest with you. And anything, <laughs> there, there are all uh, lots of, lots of American chums saying, wow, we're, we're, we're doing remote learning. I don't know. God, wow, wow, that sounds awful. But anyway, we are, I don't know. Again, if Cam, you, you would be closer to the case. Um, is, are your nippers back in school? Yeah. Um, my two youngest ones are back at school. Um, the lad's been off for a week now because he's had a, a very bad, dry, chesty cough. Okay. So he's, he's been struggling for a week and my uh, youngest daughter's at the same school. She's a couple of years above him. Uh, so my lad's just started year seven. She's in year nine. Um, so she's 13. He's 11. Um, and, uh, there's been a, uh, a case today. Uh, somebody has got COVID-19. So um, that that bubble has been told not to come in. Yeah, and they're doing that in our place as well. Uh, we have, I think, nine hundred ish, nearly nine hundred students, and obviously about seventy staff. Um, we're going around a campus that's probably a bit too small for that amount of people. Uh, teachers are mobile. They're walking around. So my room that I loved, uh, that I basically lived in is no longer my room. And we're going into rooms and it's, it's such a bizarre experience, lads. You know, you go in, you're looking at a sea of 30 year old adolescent male faces all covered in masks. Uh, they don't communicate well at the best of times. I've been doing this now all my professional adult life. Um, I like to think I'm good at what I do and the communication part of it is massively important, obviously. I mean, Jesus, of course it is. Um, and it's been rendered almost impossible um, by, you know, the, the, the mass thing. Kids, young lads mumble at the best of time. And I de- I'm teaching guys from 13 to 18, sometimes up to 19. Um, they mumble. And we're mumbling at each other. I've got one gammy ear at the moment. So it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, it can be farcical at times. It does feel like we're a little bit of an experiment. As you said, Cam, the bubble is being sent home. And yet in any other industry, for example, we have a COVID tracker app in Ireland. 
um, I'm sure there's one everywhere else. A school up the way from me, um, they had all their staff use it. Um, one staff member um, had a positive test. As a result, then 25 staff were told that they had to uh, extricate themselves from the scenario. Uh, but the next day, the government then rolled back and said, it doesn't really matter. Don't mind that tracker app nonsense. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, teachers, you're okay. You know, and it just has the feel. I, I think most of my colleagues feel like we're really quite obviously lab rats. I think everybody can see that. But look, I'm hoping it works out. I'm hoping we come out the far end of it and it's going to be fine and that there will be just a few bubbles here and there. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it pans out. But I do have a little clip to get it started before we go into so much football news. I don't even know where to start, lads. Obviously, we've got lots of red stuff to talk about. But this is a little clip from the oft-quoted on this podcast with Neil and I. Um, I love it because it talks about the importance of fresh air and being sick and when we learned about Carl Kopak being a, a budding thespian, more of which anon, my friend, um, we I, I was thought this is fantastic. This is the clip for us. It's about an hour, uh, an hour, about a minute and twenty seconds. It'll tee us up nicely for what we're going to do afterwards, and we've lots of football to 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 talk about. So let's get into that soon. So we'll take it from here. This is from with a lie. And we'll go. Even a stopped clock gives the right time twice a day. And for once I'm inclined to believe that Withnell is right. We are indeed drifting into the arena of the unwell, making an enemy of our own future. What we need is harmony, fresh air, stuff like that. Wasn't much in the tube. Nothing left for you. Why don't you ask your father for some money? If we had some money, we could go away. Why don't you ask your father? Can it be so cold in here? Like Greenland in here. We've got to get some boobs. It's the only solution for this intense cold. Something's got to be done. We can't go on like this. I'm a trained actor, reduced to the state Reasonable members of society demand as their rights. No fridges, no televisions, no phones. Much more of this, I'm going to apply for Meals on Wheels. What happened to your cigar commercial? That's what I want to know. What happened to my cigar commercial? <laughs> what happened to my agent? Boston must have died. September, bad patch. Rubbish. I haven't seen Gilgit down the labor exchange. Perhaps he did retire. Look at this little bastard. Oh, he lands Plumro for top Italian director. Of course he does. Probably on a tenner a day. And I know what for. Two pound ten a tip and a fiver for his arse. <laughs> have you been at the controls? What are you talking about? The thermos touch. What have you done to them? I haven't touched them. Then why has my head gone numb? <laughs> I must have some booze. I demand to have some booze. And on it goes. Uh, yeah. Carl, you don't see Gilgood down the Labour Exchange. <laughs> September. Bad patch. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's just good. I love it. Um, he, just, he just gets angrier and angrier and angrier at stuff that's nothing to do with Marwood at all. And yet, he just gets angrier and just vents constant spleen about the weather about the controls, about John Gielgud. 
Yeah, incidentally, do you know the bit where he's talking about the and I know white um, um, two pound ten a tit and a tanner for his and a fiver for his ass? Do you know what that's based on? Uh, is it, it, it's I, I do I read about this. This is the the writer Bruce Robinson. It's a guy. It's Zeffirelli. It's Zeffirelli. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's Zeffirelli. Because Bruce, Bruce Robinson, the, the, the man who wrote those words, was a child actor, and he was in Romeo and Juliet, the Zeffirelli film. And he was basically, without putting too fine a point on it, nonced by him. He was like yes. trying to, yeah, all the time when he was a boy, yeah. That's what that's wrong. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's a, it's a stunning, stunning little reference, allegedly. And we, yeah, we, yeah, exactly, um, disclaimers, etc. Um, but you know, you, you see where I, I couldn't believe it, you know, the, the fresh air, uh, the entering the arena of the unwell. I fucking <laughs> loved it. And also, like I said, sideways reference. And now you can just close us right down and say, we're not going to talk about that. We'll move right on immediately. But uh, this idea of you playing a role, are you gonna are you gonna give us anything on that, or do you want to wait for it to be happening? Well, um, I, I often tread the boards in my youth, as you know. Yeah, yeah. I shall never play the Dane. No, I've been asked to. I mean, it's too early to say, really. I've been asked to to provide a voiceover in a um, a Jack the Ripper related uh, podcast, a very very good podcast indeed. And um, I'm currently discussing it with my agent. Lovely. We will leave it at that. Our, we, our, we'll, we'll, we'll hope for more news. Who, who is me? And by, by the way, can we just remind the, uh, any new listeners that he's taken the piss out of me, but um, Trevor's been in films with Mill Gibson. He genuinely has. He's in Braveheart, where his finest review was, Downey's arse was a tour de force. <laughs> <laughs> Still is, Sorry. Mark. Still fucking is. Uh, I, I work out. You, know, I work you never out. lose it, do you, Trump? You never lose it. I work out. I work out. Uh, Cam, did you know that there's an account on uh, Twitter called the Everton Way? And they've got a tweet uh, that I just, I've just seen it, so I want to give you a chance to respond. 1984-85, Liverpool are defending champions. Everton's first two games are Spurs and West Brom. Everton win the league. 2021. Liverpool are defending champions. Everton's first two games are Spurs and West Brom. We couldn't, could we? <laughs> we like to we like to do this as Liverpool fans, don't we? Um, I remember we were doing this uh, every year we're in a European Cup final when we won it previously, we've gone through. It was a Tory government or something. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a royal wedding. There, was, and, there, were, yeah. there were at least five of them. At least, to be yeah. fair, they were, they were quite significant uh, things. This is just, they played the same two teams and we happen to be the champions. Come on, you know. Uh, they're yeah. top of the league though, Cam. They're top of the league. So oh, credit was due. I have to say, right, there's something about Carlo that makes me hate them less. Uh, do you know what I mean? I, 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 I can't dislike Carlo Ancelotti. And as a result, I'm less grimly disposed towards the Ev. Uh, I, I don't mind. I'm happy they're up there at the moment. Fair play to them. It's not going to last, but, you know, fair play to them. I, I, it's like that lad, that Manchester United lad said to me at a, at, at, at a urinal after they'd beaten us 4-1, but we were 1-0 up at the time, and he said, yous are no threat. They're no threat. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? How do you feel about the Everton, uh, the Everton situation? Um, yeah, I mean, Carlo's a classy guy. That's why you don't mind wherever Carlo is. I mean, even when he was winning trophies, uh, when he did the double at Chelsea, we felt sorry for him the way he was dismissed. 
the guy just done the double. What, am I right? Did he do the double when he was dismissed? Did just won the FA Cup, definitely. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and he he just you know he's a classy, he's a classy guy. So him being at the Ev sort of takes away that is animosity the right word towards the Ev? Maybe, maybe it does. You're right. Um, do I see them as a threat right now? Um, right now, whoa, 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 whoa. Does not What's remove that? the animosity towards the air at all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'm going a bit too far. Maybe I'm still, maybe I'm still trying to find my feet in the podcasting world again. It's called uh, a break again, isn't it? So love everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see, you see, what's happened there, Cam? What's happened there is that new dressing gown, straw kimono that you bought for your return performance here, your your uh, your uh, your reunion special. Uh, as I said, what's happened there is that the wind. Uh, the, from your fan has billowed it open, and you're getting a pleasing <laughs> you're getting a pleasing tickle on your nethers. You're a bit too excited, I think. Uh, the Ev are still the Ev, but like I said, it's just something about Carlo. I I can't begrudge him. Um, like you said, it's a very good point you made. Like it, it, I think most people thought that's a bit shit the way that he's been treated there by Chelsea, but that guy has just gone from one top job to another, and now he finds himself at the Ev. So. If he can get a little bit of a spell of success, I'm okay with him doing that. I have to say, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily bother me in the least. <laughs> to to have... find define success, oh look, I can see them more now. I can see them they're top now. of the league, uh, Carl. What do you want? That's success right there. Oh, well, okay, yeah, fine. I've have it for two weeks. I'm absolutely fine with that. A hundred percent. Listen, do you think I want them having a smell of anything even vaguely silver? Not at all. But um, I don't I just... want them winning the fair play league. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen anyway. Uh, the the uh, issue will be will be Pickford in goal. It's as simple as that. Yeah, talk talk to us talk, for people who are listening now. Talk to us about the the live situation which is occurring right now, Cam. Just before I go to Carl for my next story. Um, well, uh, not that I've seen him. Apparently, um, he's thrown two 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 goals into that. Definitely one. I don't, I'm not sure about another. Well, he's definitely right. thrown one in. Yeah, so they're winning five two at the moment against um, Fleetwood. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's their level, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Carl, the next story that I want to talk to you, and you'll notice that the two that I've come from at the start are just they're just footy stories. We'll get into the Reds, don't worry, folks. We'll get into the Reds very soon because um, we've got lots to talk about there. But I did notice in the week there that there was not in the week in the day there was a tweet from. Sadiq Khan, who said, as a Liverpool fan, I wasn't, it wasn't easy being complimentary about a Man United star. But on the issue, I couldn't agree what more. What is happening here? Every child should be, uh, have the right to a healthy, affordable and sustainable food, no matter his circumstances, blah, blah, blah. And he's chatting about Marcus Rashford. Rashford quote tweets him and says, I do what I do for Liverpool as much as anywhere. Children all over the UK are crying out for help. This is much bigger than me, than football, than politics. It's time we all started listening instead of clouding our views with allegiances and rivalries. Now, I have to say, right, I'm going to just be completely honest about this, Karl Kopak. Um I, I do find it difficult um, in, in, in a way that I never thought I'd align myself with anyone vaguely Tory. Um, but I just found myself, oh, God, do we have to keep it, it patently, obviously, this man is doing something wonderful. Um, but there, there was is he a Tory? Who, Marcus? Yeah. N- no. Uh, didn't, is not is that what you just said? Anybody who's a Tory? 
No, I, 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 talk, I was talking about Sadiq Khan. He's Labour. Who's Labour? Okay, yeah. right, 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 fine. Uh, it, it, so the, 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 a politician to me, to, I'm sorry, but to me the fucking two part. Uh, look, that's, that's a big, that's a different discussion. Um, I, I, I don't normally align myself with politicians, but I do understand what the guy's saying uh, to a small extent. But later on, then there's another thing that I read from Rashford where he says, uh, "Oh God, what was it? It, it? it was, it was, it was again just beautifully worded, Carl. Uh, you know the guy is." It, it, He's, he's both articulate, uh, he's, he's got a social conscience, uh, he's using his voice to amplify others. There, it was a little story about a, a, a woman who was really struggling and she had kids that she wasn't sure where the next meal was coming from. And I just thought, Christ, that a bike, this lad's really doing something important that puts an awful lot of the bullshit and, as he said, tribal nonsense into perspective. I thought, you know. Hats off, genuinely hats off. It's good to see that. I was, I was discussing what uh, with somebody about a month ago what what happens at Anfield, you know, when he comes over to take a corner or something like that. Because there's going to be an element of do we go over over nice to him? And, and obviously, I mean, like I said, you know, I'm, we've already had a pro Everton statement here tonight. I can't allow to him. But this isn't about football, really. So I, I can get away with with you know praise on the Man United fan because it's nothing to do with football but he's done is fantastic he's, he's also showing the government and the government and you know people like Piers Morgan and people like that were saying shouldn't he just stick to the game well no because this is his life this is how he grew up and he's putting something back and it's fantastic what he's done so but what do you do at Anfield and my opinion is comes over to take a corner round of applause off the whole ground and then by the time he kicks the ball he's a mank again and I think yeah. that's what he, that's what he'd expect to that's what you'd expect. That's exactly where I am. That's kind of what well, I was Or if he goes off, he's substituted off, then he gets a round of applause. Yeah, exactly. That's what but I'm he trying to And this is important, but he gets that round of applause for what he's yeah. done, which is fantastic. That's what I was trying to uh, uh, awkwardly articulate around the idea of how I feel about, you know, um, being overly falling about Manchester United people or uh, person or anything. As you said, and as he says wisely, it's, it's, it goes beyond tribalism. Yeah, and if yeah. we if we have if we have a, 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 an ounce of the uh, dignity that I think um, we do, um, you, you you acknowledge that uh, you acknowledge it in in a, in a fulsome way, and then as you say, <laughs> that's your lot now, pal. You know, and if you yeah. you know if you're doing a bit of diving or you're 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 leaving a bit of studs in somewhere, you just you're back to being a prat, uh, and that's it. And I, I I I that's sorry, that's that that's. Um, that's how it should be, I think. And as you say, I think he would ex- accept and uh, expect exactly that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk. Can I just say something on this? Go ahead, pal. Yeah, go um, ahead. I think by the time we actually get fans back into football stadiums, I think we'll have, we'll all have forgotten about it. Because let's be honest, it's pretty much a shit show at the moment. You think, hang on, sir, um, um, let me clarify exactly what you're saying. But the time we get fans into stadiums, um, we'll have forgotten I, about this because yeah, I mean, it's, gonna, it's gonna be so far away. It's, it's, it's gonna be so far away. I mean, the way it's going at the moment with COVID and, and the announcement yesterday by the government, it looks like nothing's gonna happen for the next six months. I think yeah. that probably rules out the, I don't know, I'm not sure of the fixture when Man United home fixture would be, but if it's in the next six months, come six months time, whatever. Um, yeah, will, yeah, will fans still remember what Marcus Rashford did? I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, I think so, because that, that's yeah. important. But let's exactly. just say it's next season, it's not this season. Well, yeah. you know, you know, you know, yeah. we we live we live in the. Oh, so more having a dig at the way the shit show is being handled rather than Liverpool fans and Marcus Rashford there. I get it, I get it, and hopefully everybody does. Um, inconsistency abounds across every uh, world government scenario at the moment in relation to how this thing is being uh, dealt with, and I have no interest in, in in delving into why that is the case or where you stand individually uh, on uh, uh, opinions and and all the rest of it. Or you know, uh, it's it's, Jan- it's January by the way, sixteenth of January. What is Man United fixture? Yeah. Look, so that's, not, that's, that's uh, not an issue. As as Cam says, it's not going to be an issue anyway because it, it it's there's no way the a mutual friend of all of ours. Uh, te- I was talking to him today, and in one of his texts, there was a, a sort of a bleak reference to the fact that he expects the season to be in, incomplete. Uh, and and honestly, that, that was too much to bear because I've said only yesterday um, on the social medias, whereas which is where we can actually acknowledge. And people should, um, the benefit of, of what Rashford's doing. Um, I said only yesterday that, you know, thank God football is here and football is back because I think it's doing an absolutely wondrous service for people's mental well-being. No two ways about it. Like, I genuinely think that is the case. I think, I think we'd be, I think an awful, an awful lot of people would be an awful lot worse off if it wasn't for football and we got to see our men lifting the, the, uh, the trophy and we get to start a new season and we get to have all these new signings. And, and that's exactly where we should, we should go, um, next with this. If, if you're happy enough to, to move away from that, yeah. um, uh, yeah. the, 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 the new signings is, is a massive deal, Cam, because Carl and I had been talking only on the last show about, Jesus, it would be nice to do something. And, you know, we're both kind of, um, uh, you know, I think I think the three of us are across the spectrum uh, of. I, I'd always be bringing new boys. I want to see new boys more, more, more. Um, and you, t- you two guys are different shades of of of, of uh, caution around that and finance and all the rest of it. But it was so lovely to see Thiago Alcantara uh, sign, and um, it was so lovely then to have the surprise signing of Diego Jota. Um, and there may be another one. In fact, I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if there isn't a defensive signing before the fifth um, of October deadline. Uh, myself, Cam. But did you get? I know you've been you've withdrawn from the the socials, but you yeah. must got, you must have gotten a kick out of. Uh, the 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 transfer activity it's it, it it was a real fill-up and and it does actually make you feel really confident going in like it, the, the way the, the way the Chelsea game panned out the way we could roll out that guy and he could quarterback us through the second half um doing his thing um and we still got the 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 excitement of seeing what way Jot is going to work out it just gives you that added boost doesn't it going into the season that that's really important yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a massive lift, isn't it? I mean, we all want to see signings and we want to see quality signings as well now. Um, and we want to see players coming into the squad who we know are going to be pushing for a first-team start and or they are a first-team player when they have signed. And Thiago Alcantara is definitely a, a starter, isn't he? You know, I, I can't think of the last time 
we signed a player who was genu genuinely world class when he arrived at us. You know, I mean, um, I, I'm struggling to think who the last player was of that caliber. Allison? I was thinking Konczewski. <laughs> welcome back welcome back Frenchy. welcome back you, yeah. you've actually been setting up the whole show <laughs> it's the, everything you've said so far has been leading to this fucking line Konczewski you absolute bollocks ah wow 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 uh, you know there, there's a, an important point that you're making there and I, I want to I tease this out because you, you've brought us down that uh, rabbit hole um I think was it Cy Brundish was somebody was saying I think it could have been Cy saying um, who who else have Liverpool ever signed that's like of the status and attainment of Thiago and I, I, it was a really interesting one and lots of people saying X or Y or Z I want to get your take on this both of you because I came right back at him with it's Kenny for fuck's sake and I, I was quite borderline indignant and the response I got back was like and I come on and I didn't want to go down that alley because I don't want to be getting involved in an <laughs> online argument but clearly to me the man was an established superstar of 27 years of age he won every trophy under the sun with uh, with Celtic apart from the European Cup uh, and Scottish football was far more impressive in the day so therefore to me you know, it's a, he's a superstar, and he's a superstar signing for a record British fee. So it is Kenny to me. Um, can you think? Is there anyone that jumps out at you? That's all right. I'd say. But 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 he, I, he I wasn't like world class, was, was he? Well, yeah, yeah, he was. He, he, was a, a, he really was. But he was a kid. He, he was a kid. He was he was captain of Atletico. He had all this cachet about him, but he, he was looked like a kid when he came to us. He was though, man. I, I, I would say Torres was probably as close as we would get to a world class signing, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say he was world class. Morientes. I wouldn't say. Fucking Morientes was my shout. Nobody else <laughs> said that. Nobody yeah. else said that. And Morientes was clearly, patently world class. Yeah. And he arrived with us, and he wasn't great. Alas. <laughs> But but um, look at Stevie Gerrard was so excited. He was singing the Morientes song at training. He was like yeah. a child in a, in a, you know in a candy you'd, store. You'd want, you'd want to train with him, wouldn't you? You'd want to train with yeah, him. Yeah, of course. So that's that. I thought I to me that was the obvious shout. Nobody said it. So fair play, Carl. Uh, the Torres one, yeah, is 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 definitely a thing for me. Like I say, we you have to go all the way back to Kenny. I'm thinking of the 80s. I'm thinking of of the lads Kenny signed. None of them were established world class talents. No. Um, you so know, Barnes was a surprise in 89. He was. We knew he was good, but we didn't know he was that good. That's the thing. Yeah. There were there were a lot of Sadio Mane's back in yeah. the day. Uh, yeah. yeah. Clearly, this is a good lad, but oh fuck, he's that good. You know, yeah. there were a lot of Mo Salas. But 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 the, the the idea of of Thiago and I'll go back to you on this Cam. You know people are beside themselves at how good this kid is. I saw our man um, caught back there saying, "Steady on, it's one game. Let's not get too excited," uh, as as you would expect from Carl uh, Cam. But 
it, it was lovely to watch. And it, yeah, it's against 10 men and everything went through him and, but he just, he, he, he just looks to be exactly. Yeah, he just looks the part. He looks, he, and 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 it gives it gives us a situation. Now I know we have a, a an urgent center back issue. It's mm-hmm. kind of chronic, man. Right, the way Kloppo was saying we lost two in one day it was horrific. Yeah. Um, but we have a wonderful replacement in Fab. He was just sort of outstanding in his one v ones against Werner. That was like some of the standout moments of that game for me was how he stood up to that kid coming at him with a mission. Um so we can we can say Fab's gonna be there for the next couple of weeks and that's the way it looks like it's gonna be. He Bobby Morden, didn't he? I was thinking that today. It's like Bobby Moore against Pele in nineteen seventy. Paddy's doing all the stuff in mm. front of him and he and he just stands up and he just the ball's just at his feet. The one thing you'd say about Fabinho, and I've always said it, uh, people don't really get it anymore. It's an old-fashioned reference. He's a foot-in merchant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which means that one of those telescopic legs comes out, he makes perfect contact with the ball, and the next thing, he's walking away with the ball, or the uh, attacker has fallen over, or whatever, but Fabinho is in control. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful skill, being a foot-in merchant. We had one in the form of the dubious character that is Didi Haman. He was wonderful at that uh, back in the day. Yeah, he was, yeah. You know, it's, it's a shame he's turned out to be Didi Haman, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, anyway, look, I, I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've taken this in about seventeen different directions. I apologize, Cam. Respond to the whole concept of Thiago and your take on his debut. Um, it couldn't have been an easier debut for him because of the sending off. He he had time and space to do what he wanted to do without any pressure on him. There was no, there, there was no, nobody pressed him. Um, he had the freedom of the of the pitch to do what he wants. Um, I think what you'll find with Thiago is um, going forward is because of the way he plays, you won't actually see what he does. And I know that's a really strange thing to say. You're going to be thinking, what do you mean you won't see it? The people in the ground will see it. Sometimes you won't see what he does because it's what, you, what he does off the camera. And that's probably Thiago's, one of his greatest skill sets. I mean, six months ago, if you said to me Thiago at Bayern Munich, I would have been like, and this is, proves how my lack of European football knowledge is, I would have been like, who? Seriously, I would have been like, who? I've never really noticed the guy, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've never really heard of the guy. Obviously, since we were linked with him, I do what everybody else does. Get on YouTube, look at everything you can about the guy. And all you see is just an amazing player. I mean, uh, um, I, I saw something in the Champions League last season. He was the highest. Uh, he, he had the most press, uh, most passes in the Champions League, over 800 passes in 11 games or something silly. And he had a 93 or 94% pass rate. But it's not just about his sideways or backwards passing. He's a progressive. He's a DLP. He's a he's a deep line playmaker. He's the quarterback, like you said. He's um, he's what. Brendan wanted Stevie, Stevie G to be when, when Stevie G's legs had gone. And problem was Stevie G's legs had gone and Thiago's legs have definitely not gone. He's 29. We've got him just, just over his peak. He's going to be good for another two, three years for us. And it's just something that we can 
really, really look forward to as a Liverpool uh, fan base. And, um, you know, rightly so, we should be excited. Um, spoke to a few Manx and they, they are absolutely gutted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the interesting thing is the reaction of, um, uh, rival fans. It really is interesting. They're, they're, they're heartbroken. I've seen everything from sort of begrudging acceptance of how good he is to, oh God, just give them the league. Just give them the league. Um, <laughs> which is remarkable. It's a remarkable situation to be in. I have to say, I love it. And I'm enjoying, I'm reveling. Um, and I'm going to spin across to you, Carl, on this. I'm reveling in, um, not, not being a braggart in any way, but having the confidence to say that I expect my team to win every week. Um, ex- I expect my team to do the business every week. Now, look, we're Liverpool fans. We always do that, but you, you, it's coming from a base of confidence. I want to get your Thiago reaction. Um, and I want to put it in context because I did notice a very pointed tweet from you. Um, I'm always thinking people, um, you, th- you think I just pitch up here and talk, but no, I'm always thinking I saw Carl. Carl had tweeted, um, the captain had basically the, the gist of your tweet. I'm paraphrasing was that the captain made an incredible difference and went off and had a rest, which was, uh, I think the gist of your tweet. Yeah. Um, referring to the, um, good, lovely- good things that happened that day. The lovely ball that he played forward to Sadio, who made an outrageously good run and yeah. got taken de- take, got taken down. And as a result, Paul Tierney, eventually the blind bastard, uh, gave the red card that was painfully obvious to everybody. Um, it, 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 it had a feeling of being a bit pointed, like let's, you know, the, no, your, no, your, even really, your reference no. to the captain. I think you you was like you were making a point. I'm wondering, right? I've, Talk to me about Thiago, but I want you to talk to me about what the midfield looks like. Let's assume Jordan's fit. What the midfield looks like against Arsenal. Uh, does Thiago, has he done enough to just go, well, he's clearly playing? Um, because Fabinho now is out of the, out of the picture. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's all about Fabinho, isn't it? Because otherwise you go, you go the big three ordinarily. They, they tend to be the first choice when Alves and Henderson and, uh, and Fabinho. Um, actually, one thing I will say about Fabinho as well, uh, playing at centre back is, if we're pre- if we're moving high up the pitch, he becomes a number six again, which yeah, is does. quite handy because we can really add to the midfield at the same yeah. time. Um, I wouldn't drop. That's the problem. I think he'd probably go the same again. I don't think he's going to drop Kaita. I thought Kaita was very good uh, in a sort of. Um, he loves a one-two, doesn't he? Happy Kaita absolutely loves a one-two. Loves a one-two, yeah. Yeah, um, I think he just. I don't think he starts Thiago immediately. He might play play against Lincoln possibly just to get some stuff in his legs. But he, but apparently he's. He never has stopped training, so he's completely fit. And you could tell on Sunday he was, you know, he was all over the place, wasn't he? And uh, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a season where we have a set midfield. I mean, I think it's 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 like the end of two thousand and one, where we didn't know who the forwards were going to be, Fowler, Owen, Littman, and Orheski. It's just too paired from that. And I think it's just going to be whoever's whoever the pin, you know, whoever the Klopp's dart lands on when he you know throws it at a wall. Is going to play. Um, I, I don't think. I think Thiago will feature against Arsenal. Whether he'll start or not, I don't know because I think that might be a bit harsh on the uh, on the three who started the game because Liverpool were brilliant on Sunday. Liverpool were absolutely brilliant, and I don't think we, we're getting enough credit for what we did. I listened no. to the Times podcast, and they were all about United, and we've just gone to the third hardest ground there is in the country, and we we walked away with it. I mean, you can say yeah, it was a red card and everything, but Jordan Henderson caused the red card because that's a great ball he played out. 
But also, well, please, please don't ignore the first <laughs> half, lads. The first half was yeah. entire. It was entire dominance. Um, because we hadn't scored, the the people get a free pass. Lazy, lazy pundits get a free pass. The 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 actual facts of the game, if you're watching the game with any sort of an analytical eye, is that we dominated. Um, Martin Tyler, uh, in the Sky commentary, had learned a little catchphrase. I said this to Jan last night about how. Um, he was, he, uh, he could just, he could just, he knew how smugly happy he was saying, he said, Chelsea are setting traps for Liverpool all over the pitch in the hope that they will get a chance to exploit one of them. And basically it was just a fucking absolutely lazy piece of commentary yeah. that he, he picked up from someone else. Were they setting traps? You, you, you honestly, do you think, do you think, that Frankie Lampard is in the same class of management, uh, organizational skills as, as, uh, as Bielsa. Come off it. Give it a rest. It was yeah. pathetic. They were hoping to hit us on the break. Can you not just say that? They've got a lot of speedy lads up top and they were hoping they'd catch us on the break. And that's what they tried to do. And their midfield was dominated by Jordan, by now. It's, very, it's, by it's a very good. It's a very good midfield they had, even, even that, you know, even though when, when Cry Havoc went off, as I call him, uh, when Cry Havoc went off, and then they had like, you know, uh, Kovacic, uh, Giorgino, and Kante. That's not a bad midfield, but it's not a creative midfield. That, that's legs all over the place. They're, they're going to chase and chase and chase and chase, but they're not the sort of players who will put a ball behind the fullback. I'd say, I'd say they get the ball, keep it, win it, give it simple. And be button because Werner was too far away from him. I know this isn't the Stamford Bridge index, but um, I think that was Chelsea's problem on Sunday. Uh, look, it's every time we do a podcast, I think it's almost as much fun when you talk about the, uh, the your opposition or your rivals. It's 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 every bit as interesting and it's 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 relevant. And let me, let me spin this back in your direction, Cam. I mean, you you can hear what Carl's saying there, and I I. I posed a question to him about the the midfield against Arsenal. Um I think that win against Chelsea is massive because I think Chelsea huge. were they were they to have gotten the win against us, I think it, it really sets their season up. Uh, everybody knew that. Um it was if it wasn't spoken overtly, it was unspoken. Everybody understood that. And what we went and did, Cam, was we dominated the absolute bejesus out of that game from beginning to end. It was just, it was, it was a, um, um, absolutely wonderful showing, um, of dominance. Uh, the most deserving of wins. Uh, it would have been, uh, it, we should have been ahead at 45 minutes. We ended up being ahead. We brought our, our, our man on to run the show and, uh, he provided a platform for our forwards to do what they do. Lovely. Lovely. Right. But there's a question again and it's Arsenal and Arsenal think that they're fucking great. Arsenal have a wonderful opinion of themselves at the moment. Mikel Arteta and his Lego man hair think <laughs> that they are wonderful, that they're innovators. And I'd have to say that Arteta has set them up and they look like they know what they're doing. And they have a lot, like again, I'm speaking to, to Jan about this on Mulby in the Spot last night. They have a lot of good, young, exciting players and a lot of good established pros they have the old cliched mixture of youth and experience and they have a manager who has a plan 
Now, I'm not giving Arteta manager of the season or anything like it. Let's see how he goes. But they also have a couple of pots in the press. They won the FA Cup. They won the trinket at the start of the season. Now, you can dismiss that and disparage that all all you like, but I have to say, as a Liverpool fan, if you're doing that, you're fucking standing, you're walking on eggshells there, pal, because we were happy for any cup that we ever won until we got to this position that we're in now. So it's about creating a winning mentality. Now, they look good. It's a roundabout way, Cam, of me saying they look good. So I think we have to go as strong as we can. For you, does that mean Thiago? Or does that mean Jordan? Or does that mean Ginny steps out? Or does that mean Naby is the obvious one to go? What does your midfield look like, assuming that Jordan's fit to play? And Jurgen seems to have said that it was a minor little knock. Um, what does your midfield look like against Arsenal? We've signed a world-class player. You play world-class players against the strongest teams. Arsenal are one of the strongest teams in the league. So I don't think it's uh, a very difficult question, to be honest. Um, why have we signed him if he's not going to play against the best teams? So who drops out? Um, you see, this is the... You see where I'm I do, going. I do. And, 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 and funny you mean this, because um, just spinning the question slightly, um, we were doing our... Fantasy Premier teams, uh, me and the nephews were, and um, they said, oh, you keep raving about this Naby Keita, you know, you keep raving about him, saying how brilliant he is. Should we put him in our in our Fantasy Premier League team? Because he's only five and a half million, which is really cheap for a midfielder. And I said, there's one thing. Jürgen always rotates his midfield. He doesn't rotate the back five. He doesn't rotate the front three. Yeah. He always rotates the midfield. So you never, ever... Pick a mid- Liverpool midfielder because you don't know how many games he's going to play. Exactly, yeah, they're all going to play, aren't they? Unless it's unless it's Ginny Wijnaldum who's played nearly every game all the time. But he has, but we now have a different skill set available. And what I noticed, actually, what I noticed when in the the Chelsea game in the second half, suddenly Ginny looked freer, Naby suddenly looked freer. It's like they were had that license. Ginny almost looked like the Dutch Ginny, in that he wanted to be, you know, he was excuse the pun, Ginny out the bottle almost, and Woo. he knew he could he could go and do what Ginny he wants to me. do. Yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> you cheesy bastard! <laughs> and then. Um, I think Naby will thrive more with um, with Thiago. I think we'll we'll see we'll we'll see the Naby we've been waiting for. I think this is the the next step for him. This is the evolution for him as well. Um, Jordan's legs, and I and I I I'm a great admirer of Jordan Henderson. You know, I don't think that anybody has any doubts about that. Um, with the way I you know I defend him. Um, I think, you know, this could be a game, if he's got a slight niggle, he's coming back from an injury as well. Do we need to risk him? No, we yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's look at it that way. We, it's 
a 38-game season. We played two games. This is this is the third game. We've got Champions League at some point as well. We've got FA Cup. You know what? Who's to say that we 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 now have a squad with Diogo Jota as well included, and, and possibly another centre back to come in. Who knows? We've got we've got genuine uh, competition on at left back for Andy Robin now. So we've got cover there with. Uh, Simikas, is that how you pronounce his name? Simikas. 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 So um, we, we've, we've finally have got to a point now where we, we almost have a complete squad. I want the FA Cup badly this year. I don't know about you guys, but I missed that trophy. You, you said that last year as well, I remember that. Yeah, I want it so much. You know, I really, it, it, it's what, six games? Six games. We could have a, another bit of silverware, you know, and it and it's still a big trophy, regardless of what people's thoughts are on it. So we've got a big long season ahead. We don't need to risk Jordan Henderson next Monday night. We've got Tiago. Fabino has to go back and play at centre back because I was listening to the press conference today with Pep Blinders, and I'll tell, I'll tell I'm telling you now that that guy's been groomed for. Oh, oh man, I, I, I genuinely hope it's Pep who steps yeah. in. I hope I hope we are now in boot room 2.0. I, I think we are. I really do. I don't yeah. want this bullshit about get Stevie back. Fuck He's off. He's not good enough. He's not good enough as a manager. I don't care what anybody says about how good or bad he's doing. Well, I don't think he's doing a great job at Rangers. Um, I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't, if you look at the way they play, you, would, you wouldn't want him at Liverpool. Regardless, Pep Linders gets it. Pep Linders is working with Jurgen. Jurgen is like, if you want to look at this extended fucking comparison, he's the new Shanks. So do it. Just do it. it. We got Bob Paisley sat there. What was it? Nine trophies in six seasons with Bob. Oh yeah. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. I like the fact that Jurgen calls him Pepino. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Little Pep. Little Pep. I've got I've got a further question. This is our last question, and then we're going to go to a non-football question and get out the gap. Um, is it about the Tottenham documentary? It's not. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do. Can I tell you one thing? I like the fact that he refused to say Kyle Walker Peters because it was too long. That's the only bit I laughed at. W- let's do the Tottenham documentary thing in some detail because there oh, are okay. just there are just nuggets of. Of, of one. I've only, I've only seen the first two, I think. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wait till you see. It's, it's, it, there's, there's so much good stuff in there. It's very I, know, good. I, think it's, I think I generally think it's good. Yeah. And I know there's lots of cringe as well. And I would never want our club part of it. Ever. <laughs> We've done it. We've done it, Trev. That's why. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I, 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 Blazed, bailed, well, sorry, trailblazers. Bail trazers might be even. That's what I was trying to say. Let's let's see what the bail trazers are like as as the season pans out. I've got a a simple question for you. Um, Jurgen is talking about the centre half situation. He says that, um, um, let me get the quote here Joe should actually be fine. Um, It was not now really a big one, he says, but we have to see. We should be fine Monday already, he says. With Joel, it's going to be slightly different. He says, it's not the worst thing in the world, but um, a few weeks, he says, about Joel. So I have a simple question for both of you. There is a situation, therefore, that against Arsenal, and by the way, we're not talking about Lincoln. We didn't give Lincoln any time at all. 
the reason for that is because we're going to see actual depth for the first time in like ages. We get to see people like Harvey Elliott. We're going to get to see people like Jimmy Miller having a run out. It's fantastic. The Lincoln game will be fun. It's joyous and it doesn't really matter what happens in it. I know Cam's really excited about the FA Cup, but I would have the same opinion about that. Let's see how that pans out. And if we get to latter stages, great stuff. But I'm focusing on Monday um, because we have limited time in this show and we're looking at Arsenal. And he's saying that Joe should be back. With that in mind, Fabinho then will be freed up to play in midfield. So I ask you again, and I'm going to ask you just a brief question. I don't want any extended bladder about it. What is your three? If Fabinho is free from midfield, what is your three against Arsenal? And I think I know because I think you're both saying if there's any risk with Jordan, let him out. So I think I have an idea what it's going to be. But Cam, yours? Fabinho, Thiago, Naby. So that's like a holding two with Naby as a, as a, as the one ahead. Old school Brendan Rodgers style as opposed to the six and the two eights, yeah. which we've seen. Okay. What about you, Carl? Fabino, Henderson, Wijnaldum. So you're just going to go ahead and play Hendo if he's okay yeah. in any yeah. way, shape or form? Because you... He, he, he plays well against Arsenal. He, obviously, he always plays well against Arsenal. But also, can I just clarify, you are old school, you say the captain plays, right? Yeah, he's captain. Okay. So for you, it's, it's, it's sorry, say again, it's Hendo, Fabino, and Ginny. Uh, yeah. Okay. With Thiago coming off the bench, if yeah. need. All right. Well, the, he's probably going to change all three midfielders, isn't he? Because that's what he tends to do. I that's, think that's, that's going to happen a lot now. That is what he tends to do. I have uh, one question to sign off with. Um, last question for the night. Are we, are we through the next round, are we? No, oh, but, no, the, no the draw's already been made. Go on, go, go, ahead. go ahead. It's Arsenal at home. Woo! 5-5 five, five again, then. Ah, that's magic. Okay, so yeah, oh, lovely. This is gonna, yeah, this uh, this has significance for uh, a certain AI Pro project as well. Um, last question of the night is from Harinder Singh, and it's in tribute to Cam Branch's return. And this is how we're going to finish tonight. This sounds ominous. Uh, Harinder said to me, "What are your pent colors for autumn winter?" Does the tightness increase or decrease as colder weather sets in? And you may think you're getting off with this, young callback with your, I just wear 501s, but no, no, no. I'm coming to you on this as well. We'll start with the man who's returning, uh, the man for whom the question of tight pent is particularly apt, Cam Branch. What are your colours for autumn winter? Do Do you have a palette? And if so... Uh, what is it? Also, the tightness of said pent. Do they, do they, do you, do you give a certain billow around the winter or do you like to keep them nice and snug? <laughs> this is a shocking question. Fadi, me and you are going to have words. Um, I'm still in short, so is it autumn yet? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you listen to the beginning, um, Cam, it was the equinox yesterday. Yeah, so we're in autumn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, well, I'm still in short, so uh, I don't know what's going on. 
Um, I haven't, I pretty much, this is mad because I've not worked since March the 13th. And I think in all that time, I probably only wear a port, wear, wear, wore any type of trousers of probably on about 10 occasions in all that time. And I'm quite liking shorts at the moment. Um, so I think I'm going to have to say, what are trousers? What are pants? <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you? Can I ask you about the the shorts thing? Because I'd be very like you. The minute I have an opportunity, in other words, the first day the term finishes in summer, mm. I'm in I'm in shorts, and yeah. I remain in shorts until the day I have to go back to work in the end of August. That's just a fact. And actually, for the first few days of work, I wear shorts as well, just because I I, I, I it's 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 a, it's a little pathetic little. Uh, rebellion act but when i wear shorts uh, obviously there are different types and you can you can you can enjoy uh the 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 various uh styles yeah. but for me especially now with this bullshit that we're all living through mm-hmm. for me there's no choice except to have cargo pants because what? C- cam cam no, fucking no. Po- pockets brother Pockets. I don't care. I don't care. No, no. Oh, Downey lad, why? Because it's functional, you fucker. <laughs> you wear you. You've got you've got you've got your masks in one pocket. You've got your fucking wallet in another pocket. You get your phone in another pocket. It's great. That's I'm I'm I've been all about the cargo pants no, all no. summer. Yeah, you need to get yourself a nice little man pouch. Uh, you see, this is what's wrong with you. A fucking man pouch. I've seen all these people. I've pe- got two. I've seen all these people all all summer. They used to call them bum bags. Right? Oh no 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 not bum bags. No, it's, no. They can, are nasty. Can, they are nasty. A man pouch is a bum bag that you've switched around to the front to be near your crotch. Be honest. No, this is on the side. I'm I'm talking about like a man bag. But a smaller version of a man bag. Uh, no, they're you, you sling over your shoulder and it goes on your side. Yeah. Sorry, they're horrific. They're horrific things. Hey, no, hey, no, says no the man, man who wears cargo pants. No man north of forty should be wearing a fucking little man bag like that. Sorry, that's just wrong. It's wrong. You're all right. You you can get away with it. You're twenty five. That's true, but I'm, I'm worried about you, mate. Oh, don't worry. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Carl, man bags, man pouches, shorts. And coloured pants for the autumn. Go for it! I can't wait. Shorts. The the others are a nonsense. <laughs> a nonsense. Stop, stop wasting your time with these. Trev, nineteen ninety eight called. They want their trousers back. <laughs> <laughs> for a start. Yes. Uh, okay, fine. If you, have you ever worn seasonal trousers, my friend? No. Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm male. I, I know, I know you have a stand against the chino. I know you are a very much a, a denim man. But surely you must have a pair of what my mother used to refer to as slacks. No. What the fuck, man? No, I've, I've got, I've got suits because of my job. Right, but, so, I, but, I, but I, very, I, I literally have to go find them when I wear them. For a suit is inappropriate because it's overly formal, but you have to dress semi-formal. What do you wear? Just suit, pants, and a shirt. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I just remembered something. 
What do you remember? What do you remember, Cam? I, I wore my red pant last week. There you go. So they got an outing. But it was in autumn. Oh, did, do they only come out in autumn? No, no. The question was autumn, though, wasn't it? Well, it was like seasonal. Do you do you change according to the seasons? No, no. You know, I just wear whatever, whenever, whatever takes my fancy. Jesus, Render, I can't apologize enough for the lads and their absolute lack of engagement on this. I have several very variations of colored shorts that I've been wearing all summer, and they've changed into slightly darker shades as we go. And they're not all cargo pants, so fuck off, you pair of bastards. Uh, yeah. Last thing is we take the um, um, final thoughts from our two um, mainstays here. Um, I started with Cam, so now I'll go back to Carl. Carl, your finishing ideas. Have you got a plug or a quote or anything you want to go out on? Still doing the Some Green Grass in a Bowl. I'm writing about Masquerade for the website 10 Million Hardbacks. I've started writing it now. It's one of those things, Trevor, I'm 1,200 words in and I haven't mentioned the sodden book yet. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those pieces at the moment. I'm going to have to look at that. Uh, I've got a weekly column on the Amphil Rap. Um, I've been called the super fan for today's one, which is about not being a super fan. So I'm particularly proud of that. I quite like that uh, piece today, Carl. Thank you very much. It, it was edited a bit, actually, because I did get a bit sweary at one point. Um, but um, I'd also have, have a very brief t- t- TV recommendation. Can I recommend if it's on it's on ITV Hub? It's one of those rare instances where ITV got a good player, got, got a good pro- a drama. But the uh, the drama Des is fantastic, really, mm. really well done. I know my way around that subject, and uh, in fact, I was at his house on Saturday, just coincidentally. But uh, that is amazing. David Tennant as Dennis Nielsen is incredible. Recommend that. Uh, I have a little observation around that. Uh, Dennis Nielsen, a horrific man who killed people in terrible, terrible, sick ways. Yeah. Uh, ITV received. Uh, a host of complaints about that, as you might imagine, um, you know, for the content, the subject matter that was, except all their complaints, ITV's complaints, were about the fact that there was too much smoking in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. 2020, you wankers. People are stupid. And also, Dennis Nielsen was a chain smoker. That was what he was what he was known for in in literally wouldn't he would he, he had one in his hand at all times. But no, but no, let's be offended about the stupidity and ignore. Not about, not about decapitation or anything like that. The murdery bits were sand. Uh, Cam, what have you got? Um, if you've not watched the social dilemma on Netflix, I would certainly recommend that. Ooh, yes. Um, AI is running us. Don't wait for the robots. AI is already here doing everything it can. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I, I thought you meant us then. Hang on. This is my this is my beat you're oh. on here, Branchy. This is my beat. Don't get all conspiracy theory oh. on my on my beat. God, it's the lizards again. This <laughs> what again? And the moon conspiracy. No, 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 no. Oh, not you, Cam. No, not you. Yeah, he's always on it. He can't help himself. He's writing on a blackboard now. You know that, don't you? He's writing on a blackboard. He's writing a pyramid on a wall with an eye in the middle. He is the eye. Yeah. That's what they want you to think. You have a quote for us. You have a quote for us. I do. It's a quote from David Cassidy to finish with. 
David oh. Cassidy, will you please explain who that is? Because that um, man, I thought, I thought it might mean rubbish. something to you guys. I don't know. I just found a nice quote. Uh, no, well, hang on. You don't know who David Cassidy no, is? I've heard the name. I've, I've not particularly paid much attention to the guy. Carl. It's 1970s TV and music star. Yeah. Sang a song called The Last Kiss, which I actually don't mind. Woo! Go this for it, The Last Kiss. That rings a bell. Um, <laughs> right. When you go through hell, your own personal hell, and you have lost loss of fame, loss of money, loss of career, loss of family, loss of love, loss of your own identity that I experienced in my own life, and you've been able to face the demons that have haunted you, I appreciate everything that I have. You were shit, by the way. I can only apologize for Carl Bike. I, I, I absolutely uh, appreciate the profundity of that. Um, and I think uh, most people will. Carl, you're just an unreconstructed boor. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that day when Cam reads out a beautiful quote and he, and he says, Someone called Pol Pot. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of him, lads. Maybe you have. Pol <laughs> Gabir. I don't know. I don't uh, know what the Khmer Rouge is, but uh... <laughs> don't. No, no, they were the good guys, weren't they? Yeah. Don't go down the Khmer Rouge footpath for the love. Of God. <laughs> Um, it's been an absolute joy having young Brenchy back and the team back together. Absolutely. Well done, Brenchy. Guy Drinkle earlier on, for full disclosure, when we were chatting about um, world-class players who could possibly uh, have compared to Thiago, actually put in the chat, Albi Moreno. This is the dedication that you've got from this show. People who are 100% behind their beliefs, regardless of how fucking ridiculous they are. <laughs> Look at us go. It's amazing. Nice to have Cam back. Nice to have Carl back. Nice to have Guy back. It's been an absolute blast. It has been the Anfield Index podcast. And I've been Trev. And we'll hear from all of us again very soon. Hopefully, we're back on the trail. Hopefully, we're back on a successful season winning trail, which won't end until the Reds are champions again. You know what to do. Be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.